0: Now, Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. Are you a leader? You know, they say that that power, power is never given, rarely given, power is taken. To get power, to have power, to hold power, you take it. I think leadership's the same way. You are a leader. You have to take action to be a leader you have to act you have to do something see i think nobody's coming for you you've got to go out and get it you have to be determined about what it is you want you have to be determined about where you want to go who do you want to become what do you want to do who do you want to be it's it's your time this is your time this is your call to action there's no more sitting on the sidelines there's no more hoping. There's no more waiting. Again, nobody is coming for you. See, you were chosen to be here right now. You were chosen for this time. You were born on purpose and with a purpose. And this truly is your time. This is your time to shine, as cheesy as that sounds. This is your time right now. So if you have been waiting for a sign, this is it. <laughs> You know, towards that end, James Baldwin said, "Freedom is not something that anybody can be given. Freedom is something people take. People are as free as they want to be." Welcome to the Backyard Millionaire. I'm Christopher Story, along with Mr. David Webb, bringing to what my mom calls the greatest show on earth. This just in from the Babylon Bee, woman reading prenup asks her fiancé, what is a Lego Death Star? <laughs> Somebody on a first date with Taylor Swift said, well, it's off to a rocky start. She's already got her song book out and writing a few ideas in it. <laughs> Democrats are scrambling to find a replacement for Mitt Romney as he prepares to retire. New Mexico governor suspends the First Amendment, to silence criticism over her suspension of the Second Amendment. As we continue reading headlines from the Babylon Bee, audiences cheered as Apple unveiled its first, yes, first, you heard it here, first carbon neutral Uyghur slave camp. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Oh. Oh. Don't worry, Apple's not alone. Remember when Disney was making the uh, the live-action Mulan, China forbade them from shooting anywhere near the Uyghur slave camp. So Apple's not the only big business that house to the Chinese.
1: Well, my mama told me there'd be days like this When you don't need to worry There'll be days like this
0: When no one's in a hurry
1: There'll be days like this When you don't get betrayed By that old Judas Kiss. Oh, my mama told me There'll be days like this
0: I really like an author called Seth Godin. You know that. In fact, I invited him numerous times to these microphones and he's always graciously declined but I've got all his books anyway I think almost every single one and I like his ideas I like the way he thinks he writes a short little blog every single day at seth.blog.com and he's, a, he's sort of a business thinker he's a tech entrepreneur he, he thinks in terms of marketing and and business and sort of a business philosopher if you will that said, I'm not a sycophant. I don't agree with everything. And the reason I'm inviting him on to the program isn't because I, you know, fall at his feet. and Ah, he just, the sun rises and sets on Seth. No, no. It's, I love his ideas. I love his books. And then he'll say something once in a while that I completely disagree with, that I completely, that I feel is sort of antithetical to uh, critical thinking. And it surprises me once in a while. But I, I make allowances. For people to be wrong and still admire other works it's a little bit like i think jerry seinfeld was discussing bill cosby on air one day with somebody i forget who david letterman or somebody he said you know you just have to separate the art from the artist and his work was funny and, and i still found that work funny even though he did went on to do some horrible things or had been doing some horrible things and so not equating the two here i'm just saying when seth godin disparages milton friedman i cringe Oh, I just cringe, and I'm like, "Seth, I get, you're smarter than that, aren't you?" I mean, he said one thing, and he, he'll parrot out of context one quote from Milton Friedman about the notion of a corporation that is to, you know, a business is designed to enrich its shareholders, and so I'm quite certain that was taken out of context at some point in a conversation, overlooking the the absolute. Fundamental and the foundational ideas that Milton spent his lifetime espousing, which are as follows. These are just some notable quotes from Milton Friedman that I'm inspired to share because I heard this, you know, just castigation of him repeatedly in Seth's recent Promotion of his most recent book, which I have and I'm enjoying it. It's called Song of Significance, but he still continues for some reason to try to drag down Milton Friedman. So I want to build him back up just a little bit. Milton said, Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. There's no such thing as a free lunch, there's a price for everything. If you think, okay, here's a great example of that. Senator Daniel Sullivan, Senator Lisa Murkowski, both of Alaska, voted for, with both hands, the trillions of dollars of stimulus spending during 2020-21. The CARES Act, they voted for it hands over fist. Couldn't wait to pounce on that button. Come back home and tell everybody we've solved the problem. We're printing $6 trillion of, of debt. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about where it's coming from. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about the downstream hyperinflation that's to follow we've got Biden in office now he's going to call it transitory It's going to be fine don't worry about it that's Milton Friedman's point there's no such thing as a free lunch as a result we're now all paying the price Milton Friedman also said that society puts equality the society that puts equality before freedom will end up with neither the society that puts freedom before equality will end up with a great measure of both and in this prior to the idea of equ- equity. See, equity and equality have been sort of morphed or conflated. That equity is essentially a share or a fair stake in something unearned simply for having been present or there or uh, previous wrongdoings to be made up for with a quote equity today, which actually is just harming the people of today and tomorrow. As a result of equity of outcome or equality of outcome, you cannot guarantee equality of outcome. You must give everybody freedom. You must take the shackles off of everybody economically, socially, physically. You must remove the constraints and allow people to be free. And then and only then will we begin to see real equality after freedom. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Milton Friedman, I thought, was a genius. I love him. Uh, one of the greatest mistakes to judge is to judge policies and programs by their intentions rather than their results. Here in Homer, Alaska, there's a discussion going on about taking drainage water and infiltrating it into wetlands. Now, you ask any developer, any land developer heretofore who might have thought about doing that, and of course, they would have been incarcerated. Now, as a city, a municipality, take a look at doing that can't we and i was talking to somebody um a former mayor about that this morning i said you know here's my concern about just doing this is unintended consequences downstream have we really thought this through i'm not really sure i don't want to judge their intentions necessarily but i can't help but look forward to negative results Um, but this could be on social programs could be on environmental programs it could be going back to the cares act don't judge the intentions of the senators who unanimous, almost to a person, voted for it unanimously. But what about the outcomes? What about the unintended consequences downstream? We have to start thinking about that. If you want to maintain control of your own backyard, your real estate, your property, your rights, your freedom, we have to start judging policies and programs based on actual results and be forward-thinking a little bit. What are the outcomes that we might predict here, as Americans? it's our obligation. As free people, as free-minded people, as free market capitalists, we have to think that way. Another thing that Milton Friedman said is the government solution to a problem is usually as bad as the problem. Hello, can I get a what 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 what? I think Milton would have understood that. Understood that. What what? The most important single central fact about a free market is that no exchange takes place unless both parties. Benefit. That's actually free market. That's a free market, not an overregulated market, but a free market.
1: Alright, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back. The brand new invention. Something grabs the hold of me tightly, flowing like a heartbeat. Daily and nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights, and I'll glow. I rock a mic like a vandal light up the stage and wax a chalk like a candle dance caress the speaker that booms I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom deadly (laughs) <laughs> when I play a dope melody Anything less than the best Is a felony
0: love You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire I'm Christopher Shorey You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com Coming up, not in my backyard And how to fix every Airbnb anywhere USA When we return, stick around Vanilla ice Vanilla You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story along with Mr. David Webb, not in my backyard or yours. It's up to you to determine the fate of the United States of America. It's completely up to 100%. If you sell your property to BlackRock, State Street, or Vanguard, you are effectively selling out your countrymen. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you, that's what's happening. If you sell your farmland, your family's farmland, to Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, or Bill Gates, or any of their representative LLCs and so forth, if you do zero due diligence, sell your property to somebody who can find out later that oh, in aggregate, it's joining Bezos's um, two hundred thousand or Zuckerberg's three hundred thousand or Bill Gates four hundred thousand, whatever it is, you're part of the problem. Here's another one. If you sell your property, your family's property, your estate, your ag land, whatever it is, if you allow it to be sold from um, your state or your borough or county, wherever you are, if you allow that to be transmitted into, quote, private property, but really it's owned by the CCP or the Chinese Communist Party, you're part of the problem. See, those who hold the deeds hold the heart of the country. You've got the heart of the country right there in your hand with your property deed. What are you going to do? I talked about this last week, how my brother and I had been talking and, and Tiffany and I had a home for sale and just said, you know, some amorphous LLC comes along and makes a cash offer 20, 30% above asking price. I don't know. Take it. The reality is we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our countrymen, our community. We owe it to ourselves to look deeper it isn't just with real estate. A friend sent me a video that a guy had done, ironically, since I've been talking about this uh, in the last couple of weeks here, ironically, this video comes in. And guess who owns a majority of our food, of our food supply and our food manufacturers? That's right, Black Rock Vanguard Garden State Street. This guy goes through these aisles in the grocery store and just decimates everything from sauces to salad dressings and cereals all being owned and controlled by these mega corporations i think blackrock has what under management 10 trillion dollars what a third of our national debt literally a third of the equivalent of our national debt they have under under control how much of it is your pension how much of it is um social security dollars being uh moved into that how much of it is um you know school retirement school teachers retirement funds and so forth and just unwittingly we're cannibalizing ourselves through these corporations through these companies and essentially ripping the heart out of our own country out of our own community because the money the cash is it's hard to turn down I'm not telling you what to do or what not to do I'm just trying to bring this to our own attention your attention that you have control over this I see my plan for you is that you'll own more of your backyard you'll own more of your own community I want you to own four homes where you are or more, but let's just start with four. You really can become a backyard millionaire. Yes, you really can make a million bucks in your own backyard. And you can build something to pass along to the next generation, a legacy of ownership. Even if you don't want to build something and hand off to them, you can build that sense of ownership, build that sense of legacy. Tell Klaus Schwab to pound sand the, the World Economic Forum can pound sand when it comes to you'll own nothing, you'll be happy by 2030. Mm-mm. No, Agenda 30, out the window. We've got to hold ourselves to a higher standard. But
1: this time's got to stop. Enough is enough. I can't take this BS any longer. It's gone far enough. you want to claim my soul. You'll have to come and break down this door. I knew that something was going on wrong when you started laying down the law. I can't move my hands. I break out in sweat. I wanna cry. I can't take it anymore. But this has gotta stop. Enough is enough. I can't take this BS any longer. It's gone far enough you want to claim my soul, you'll have to come and break down the storm.
0: It's an interesting thing having straddled a, a few different types of generations. Uh, myself, I'm 50 years old, and so I remember vividly when Ronald Reagan was elected. I remember vividly the debates between himself and Jimmy Carter, then onward to Mondale, then H. Ross Perot with George Herbert Walker Bush, Former CIA operative and then executive director, of course. Don't forget that. And then on and on. And so it's sort of like this uh, three channels. Had three channels. It was a big treat. My dad was a, a contractor and did, in addition to other things. My mom and dad had a construction company. We'd go up on weekends and stay in this really cool hotel that had a fourth channel available to it called ABC. Guess what ABC had on Saturday mornings? much better cartoons than CBS or or NBC. For whatever reason, maybe it's because we couldn't have them here. And used to love them, loved those cartoons. Grew up in a world with party line. Pick up the phone, there'd be somebody talking. Could you imagine today telling somebody, I don't even know what age you'd have to be, but to somebody younger that this was an exist, this is a thing. Like, what are you talking about? First of all, you had a phone in your home. But secondly, it's like, what do you mean a party line? What are you talking about? I love growing up with Paul Harvey on the radio. I love growing up with Ronald Reagan on the television and on the radio, inspiring this country, fighting communism. And yes, I understand there were proxy wars. I understand that. I understand that we were fighting communism outside of the television camera sometimes. And the idea... That Ronald Reagan had this plan of building up Americans and your military and our might and our national pride to a point where we broke through time the communist regime and it just seems like then we've crossed into some other great area where I grew up thinking yes I can do anything I can become who I want to become I can do what I want to do and that's all I wish to do with this program is inspire you if you don't feel that way i'm here to tell you you can do it i'm here to tell you you can become a backyard millionaire if that even appeals to you i'm telling you you can become fit you can become healthy wealthy prosperous you can become happy change your thoughts change your world norman vincent peel by the way norman vincent peel was the pastor of uh, president donald j trump's church where fred trump took his kids can you imagine growing up in that church with Norman Vincent Peale as your pastor, wow! I mean, just a whole different world than, say, I don't know, um, Jeremiah Wright's.
1: Nobody believes in democracy. You will find it hard to find anybody who will say that if dem- that is democracy interpreted as majority rule, you will find it hard to find anybody who will say that if fifty-five percent of the people believe the other 45% of the people should be shot. That's an appropriate exercise of democracy. What I believe is not a democracy but an individual freedom in a society in which individuals cooperate with one another and in which there's an absence of coercion and violence. Now it turns out that democracy in the sense of majority voting is an effective means for achieving agreement on some things. On things which are not very important, really important things. We require much more than a simple majority. We require something as close to unanimity as we can get. That, that's why we have a Constitution as well as legislative law. America! Or something like
0: this listen here oh,
1: to spacious skies for amber waves of grain
0: that was the aforementioned mr milton friedman great economist great follower of Adam Smith Wealth of Nations he also said did Milton Friedman most economic fallacies derive from the tendency to assume that there is a fixed pie that no one party can gain only at, oh that one party can gain only at the expense of another. You remember the the quote um, where Ronald Reagan said that the fat man's the, the, the liberals and some people can't see a fat man standing next to a thin man without assuming the fat man got that way by taking from the thin man. That's essentially what he's saying here Milton Friedman underline most agreements arguments what's wrong with me today underline most arguments against the free market is a lack of belief in freedom itself that is the great Milton Friedman do you remember I think I've, I think you I think we've played it before I wonder if I have time to play it again let me just look real quick Uh, Milton, I'm typing into my database Uh, hold on, bear with me bear with me he took part in a conversation with Phil Donahue which I at least appreciate yes, and I think we do have time
1: when you see around the globe the maldistribution of wealth the the desperate plight of millions of people in underdeveloped countries Uh, when you see so few haves and so many have nots When you when you see the greed and the concentration of power within, aren't you ever? Did you ever have a moment of doubt about capitalism and whether greed's a good idea to run on? Well, first of all, tell me: is there some society you know that doesn't run on greed? You think Russia doesn't run on greed? You think China doesn't run on greed? What is greed? Of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow who's greedy. (laughs) This the world runs on individuals pursuing their separate interests. The great achievements of civilization have not come from government bureaus. Einstein didn't construct his theory under order from, a, from a, a bureaucrat. Henry Ford didn't revolutionize the automobile industry that way. In the only cases in which the masses have escaped from the kind of grinding poverty you're talking about, the only cases in recorded history are where they, where they have had capitalism and largely free trade, If you want to know where the masses are worst off, it's exactly in the kinds of societies that depart from that. So that the record of history is absolutely crystal clear. That there is no alternative way, so far discovered, of improving the lot of the ordinary people that can hold a candle to the productive activities that are unleashed by a free enterprise system. but it seems to reward not virtue as much as
0: ability to manipulate the system
1: and what does reward virtue you think the uh, a communist commissar rewards virtue you think a Hitler rewards virtue you think excuse me if you'll pardon me do you think American presidents reward virtue do they choose their appointees on the basis of the virtue of the people appointed or on the basis of their political clout Is it really true that political self-interest is nobler somehow than economic self-interest? You know, I think you're taking a lot of things for granted. And Just tell me where in the world you find these angels who are going to organize society for us. Well, I don't even trust you to do that.
0: (laughs) It's the great late Milton Friedman debating Phil Donahue, who at least was brave enough to bring on people like Milton Friedman and Ayn Rand and have deep and um, difficult conversations because it was antithetical to what phil thought so at least he was brave enough as a journalist to do so you're listening to the backyard millionaire i'm christopher story we'll be right back with a whole lot more stick around you're listening to the backyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got robert g allen wrote a couple of great books well he's written a lot of books but he wrote a book called nothing down then he wrote another book called Creating Wealth. And you may remember when he was here on a, a couple of, con- we've had a couple of conversations with him. But one time he was sharing the story about a woman who approached him at a symposium he was doing. After the symposium was over, she approached him in the long line of people looking for autographs or shaking hands or whatever. And she said to him, thank you so much. I was able to achieve a fortune. I was able to build wealth because of you, and, she, and he was just overwhelmed and said, you read my books, and she goes, no, no, I, I saw the cover of your book in an airport bookstore saying nothing down, how you can buy real estate with no money down, and I just started thinking, she said, I just started thinking, well, I wonder if I could do that, I'm gonna go try, and she went out and tried and created a small fortune for herself in buying real estate, with nothing down a humbling moment for Robert. Nonetheless, he did say, apparently you can judge a book by its cover. Yes, you really can make a million bucks in your own backyard. It's time now for the annual reading of my simple philosophy about the way things are. Poet, the philosopher, and the warrior. He stared at the ceiling with amazement why had he never notice the beauty of the plasterwork before? His eyes narrowed in on the fine detail of the arched ceiling that met the walls with perfect precision. Life had moved so fast until recently. As the doctor said the words, he couldn't believe them. Did he say one month to live? That moment came rushing back to him, and the ceiling disappeared. Suddenly, he was transported to another time and place. He was a young man standing in a grass field, wearing sandals and a long flowing white robe. A voice over his shoulder startled him. He turned on his heels and he saw a tall man in black. You must choose. Choose what? said the young king. You have three sons. Only one of them will take the throne when you are gone, and that time is soon. You must choose which one of your sons will lead your people. "'Go and ask each of them two questions. "'The new king will reveal himself to you.' "'Well, what questions? "'What shall I ask them? "'How will I know?' "'And with a flash of light, he was back in his room, "'on his back and dripping with sweat. "'The old king tried to sit up. "'A nun beside him coaxed him to lie back down. "'With a gentle hand, she mopped his forehead "'with a damp cloth. "'He spoke with effort. "'Bring me my son.' A man standing nearby leaned in closer. Which son, my lord? Brandon, the poet. Within the hour, Brandon was standing beside his father, looking down upon the small, sickly version of the mighty man he had known. My son, thank you for coming. You know my time is short. I must make a choice as to who shall replace me. Father, do not speak of such things. Surely you will recover in time. You just need to rest. No, no. Time is what I do not have. Not knowing which questions to ask of his sons, the old king closed his eyes and said a silent prayer Lord, grant me the wisdom to know the truth. Then he opened his eyes and looked at his son. Brandon? Yes, Father. What is the meaning of life? Well, I'd say to create and be merry, to love, live, and give openly. My son. What would you do if our people are threatened with war from those in the East? Father, we need not war with our neighbors if we but respect them, learn from them, show them that we too are compassionate, creative, and that we love them as we love ourselves. War itself is evil and destroys the creativity of the world. I must rest now, my son. Go and return in three days. As Brandon left the room, he turned back to his father Father, I will write a poem in your honor this night. The king lifted his hand in appreciation. He turned to his left. Bring me Michael, the philosopher. Michael was easy to find in the great hall of the library with scrolls and books all around him. He sat as he did nearly every day in contemplative silence, reading and studying the great minds of the past, Plato, Aristotle, Heraclitus, As he stood beside his father, he too was shocked by his sickly state. Father, I fear your condition is far graver than I realized. Thank you, Michael, for your honesty. It's true. I'm not long for this world. Tell me, Michael, what is the meaning of life? Oh, Father, that is such an exciting topic. To discover the meaning of life, one must study. Read. Seek to understand all that has come before and what deep meaning is to be explored in one's own soul. The meaning of life is one of discovery. Self-discovery is the highest achievement. I see, said the discouraged king. And if our neighbors to the east begin to rattle their war sabers, what would you do? will seek to reason with their better selves, implore our enemies to understand us and our philosophy, embrace theirs and become homogenous to show our compassion and wisdom. No war will be necessary when we are one people. Leave me now and return in three days, said the king. Yes, father, I will go back to my studies. I'm really beginning to understand myself today. As the door closed, the king began to feel a fear he'd never known before never had he felt so utterly useless and without any sense of hope bring me alexander the warrior yes my lord it was many hours before alexander was brought to the king's chamber father you called for me where have you been alexander patrolling our eastern border father we have many enemies that would seek to enter through the east of our lands answer me this my son what is the meaning of life Father, I look to my faith for meaning. My purpose is not to contemplate such questions. Rather, I'm here to protect those who do. My duty is to keep our lands free from the tyranny that our enemies would bring down on our heads should we lose our strength and resolve. Meaning is found in freedom. My son, if we are met with threats of war from the east, what shall you do? Father, we live every day free only for the sacrifices made by the men who sworn an oath to protect this land with their very lives if necessary. While I loathe the idea of sending any man to die or to kill, we must do whatever it takes to crush the enemy and destroy any vestige of the threat to our freedom, to our way of life. You've always taught that it is better to live and let live, and you've also taught that for this to be so, for our people to live freely, we must be the guard at the gate, willing to do what must be done to ensure those within may sleep in peace. Father, you ask what would I do? I answer by asking you, will you allow me to leave and get back to what I do every day, protecting this land? Yes, my son, return to me in three days. The king's resolve was renewed. On the third day, all three boys were at their father's side. His royal court was also on hand. Today, a new king would be crowned. My sons, you know that I love you each equally, that all of you are valued members of our kingdom. Each of you add to the harmony of this land. However, only one of you can lead our people. Only one can be the king. Brandon, yes, father, you are a marvelous poet you bring joy and creativity to all. Michael. Yes, Father, you have wisdom. Your deep thinking has and will continue to provide superb guidance for everyone. You both are important members of this kingdom. Alexander. Yes, Father, I'm here. My son, you are the shield that guards the heart of this kingdom. Without you, neither Brandon or Michael would be free to practice their ways. Without you, joy and freedom would be forsaken. Without you, the chains of slavery would be upon our backs. My decision is made. I'm passing shortly, and when my eyes close for the final time, each of you shall close your eyes, and when you open them, you'll see the crown upon Alexander's head. Your brother will keep you free. Your brother will ensure that prosperity and peace shall reign. With his final words having been spoken, The king's heart was free of worry. He felt a warm sense of ease as he took his last breath. He knew the warrior would keep the poet and the philosopher safe and freedom would live long after he was gone. Long live the warrior. The call of duty is a heavy burden to bear. We salute you standing guard at the gates so that the rest of us might live in peace. adds two kinds of value to real estate pavement that's what your property grows in value and you get use value so why wait to sell add two kinds of value right now dutch boy paved my driveway and to be honest we can't believe we ever lived without it that's use value when we go to sell because one day we will the market's going to pay us back for the pavement call dutch boy for your free estimate today and get two kinds of value tomorrow Dutch Boy Landscaping, your paving pro at 235-7140. No more Rolling Stones. Let Dutch Boy paint it black at 235-7140. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got i'm christopher story when we return i'm going to teach you how to fix airbnb wherever they be and we're going to talk about the 10 points you should know from the rich dad poor dad series when we return here to the backyard millionaire you're listening to the backyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got remember when i say wealth you hear health wealth and prosperity but that's a lot to say I uh, how to create health wealth and prosperity where you are no no It's how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. But you and I both know that with wealth better come health and prosperity or you ain't got nothing. You can write that down. Ain't got nothing. I don't know how to spell it, but I can say it. Ain't got nothing. How to fix Airbnb everywhere they be. Here's the solution to the Airbnb problem. You ready? You. That's right. You're the solution. Yes, you the homeowner. Yes, you the guest. So remember, let's start with the guest. When you are on vacation at an Airbnb in a neighborhood, you're the only one on vacation, right? They're not next door to you and over there and across the street. They're not on vacation. It's called Tuesday night, right? Kids got to go to school tomorrow. Mom and dad got to go to work potentially. Um, they're out enjoying their own little evening. There's a family or it's a little neighborhood. And here you are on vacation. Remember... It ain't a beach in Cabo. Be be decent. You know, you get access to the house. You get access to the deck and the grill maybe a hot tub. That doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious. It doesn't mean you have to be outrageous. It doesn't mean you have to be loud. Be respectful, right? If you and I as guests at Airbnbs would just, we think of it this way, I think a lot less call for regulation is going to be necessary. Or it's not even, I don't, I'm not looking for the government to fix this. I'm looking for you and me to fix it picking up what I'm putting down now let's get to you the homeowner you the homeowner have rules posted and I know it can be a hassle because boy the app Airbnb VRBO uh, bookings.com all these things have made it so easy that you don't have to kind of even interact with the people it just all happens on this interface and maybe you send them a code maybe you don't maybe it happens automatically I'm asking you to just remember you have neighbors. Be respectful of them as well. Communicate with the guest and inform them that this is a neighborhood and that families live here. Homeowners live by and, and nearby and deserve peace and quiet and the enjoyment of their own property. Because how people are behaving at Airbnbs is going to create the call for regulations. Community wide, city wide, people are, uh, I know in Sedona, Arizona um where where else I mean there's lots of places that have taken very draconian approaches to this simply for the fact in in large part not exclusively but in large part due to the behavior that you exhibit while you're there as a guest or you the homeowner don't enforce decency in rules I was chatting with a gal uh just the other day and and her solution I kid you not and this is near a quote is to tax the hell out of Airbnb owners it's like, um, it doesn't solve anything. When have you ever seen a tax solve a societal problem or become the solution to a problem? No, it isn't a tax. It's not a missing tax here at the base of this. But do you hear what I'm saying? This voice calling for tax, this voice calling for regulation is going to get louder. The drumbeat's going to get louder. Zoning change, all this is going to get louder if you and I, as both homeowner and guest, don't start behaving differently i mean really what good would a big old tax do because trust me once the government gets its hands on another tax stream you think they're going to let go of that no no in fact if you're the kind of person who wants to see fewer airbnbs trust me a tax is going to entice and encourage more because the government will start to open a way to get more and more tax through the door It's a disruption to the life of the neighborhood that I'm actually kind of speaking to at this moment in time. We can talk about supply and demand. We can talk about displacement of otherwise long-term rentals or uh, entry-level home ownership and so forth. We can talk about that as the market moves. We can talk about that. But right now, I'm just saying Airbnb behave. Airbnb (laughs) (laughs) behave, yeah.
1: Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. Oh! Well, I knew what I didn't want to know And I saw where I didn't want to go So I took the path less Traveled on And I will let my stories be whispered when I'm gone I
0: You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. We've got a treasure trove for you at ilovehomeralaska.com. ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast. You can listen to this show or any of our over 700 episodes of On Top of the World Radio. Order my books, The Backyard Millionaire, um, Born to Live. By the way, Born to Live was completely designed around, it's a story that's somewhat at the At the core of this story is a quote from Napoleon Hill, with every adversity comes with it, the equivalent to a greater greater benefit. That's it. Napoleon Hill said that. I wrote a book around it, about it, love it. It's one of the greatest books on sales ever written. Uh, So says my mother. Live like you're selling because one day you will be. May I suggest, however, while you're living like you're selling, That means you're maintaining your property, you're upgrading your property, you're updating your property, you're making it better every single day, you're not postponing caulking that window, I'll get around to it, you're not postponing getting dirt away from your wood on the exterior, around the foundation, you're you're doing the things that you ought to be, need to be doing on a pretty routine basis such that if you were to get a call tomorrow from a realtor saying, hey, we're going to come show your house tomorrow, you'd be like, bring it, I'm ready, maybe not quite ready, but you know, pretty close but you have to know your strengths, play to your strengths. Tiffany and I bought a house recently from ourselves. (laughs) In other words, we were thinking about selling one of our rentals and and then amidst that we're like, wait a minute, no, why would we, No. no, let's keep it. Let's put it back into the portfolio fix it up we'd been kind of neglecting it for a while we hadn't been taking our own problem not been taking our own advice about living like we're selling we've kind of just been like oh, okay you're taking good care of it. okay it's fine kind of been taking our eye off the ball for a while well in so doing we decided to do some different things with the exterior i started peeling back the onion and realized something's wrong you know when you when you take a claw hammer and you go to pull out a staple because some oh i could just strangle this person who put up I don't know who did it but some company came in from out of town put up a a dual satellite system and they put I've never seen so much coaxial cable and in the craziest places fastened with not one but two screws at every foot in all I was just Fit to be tied the other day but anyway i take the claw hammer and I'm, I'm getting to one spot that's just stapled oh that was nice and i and i take the hammer and i and i pull out the staple and as i do so the head of the hammer actually goes in not just into the little lap siding there but then into the t111 behind it yeah that's called a little bit of meal uh a, a rot a little bit of rot going on right there and so i started peeling all that that lap siding off the bottom third of the front of the house and i realized whoever done it didn't know what they were doing they had taken not cedar, which is doesn't rot. They put just regular pine up there, and they they didn't know what they were doing. So they didn't even, you know, where there's a, T-111 has those gaps sitting you know, like the wide gap. And the chair rail had been run all the way across that trim board, hadn't been caulked in those joints or those holes. And as such, water's just forever, well, for these 25 years, just been running back there and grass growing up through it. And it just got to a point where I now have to sacrifice all that wood off the front to replace it and it's just like man <laughs> stay in your lane I love DIY I love home improvements that we can do but if you do not know what you're doing don't assume putting a little gingerbread on something is going to be harmless you could be creating great harm call in an expert call somebody who can help you out on some of those projects I love living like you're selling. I love that you're going improve your own property. But be aware that you might need a little help. That's all. It's okay to say, I need help. Sometimes in our lives, we
1: all have pain. We all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that there's
0: Just don't lean against the front wall of my rental house for a few days because you'd go right through it. All right, let's talk a little bit about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What I love about Robert Kiyosaki's groundbreaking book, which was virtually ignored until Oprah Winfrey got a hold of it, put it on her show, and made him an overnight sensation after 10 years of working at it. I love the way he thinks. Thinks about money, about riches, about wealth, about opportunity, and he puts it into an easy-to-read format. I love that. So rich dad, poor dad. Now, Robert Kiyosaki, the sun does not rise nor set on his ideas, or he's not a guru. He shouldn't. I'm not suggesting he become your guru. He started moving into cryptocurrency, started moving into silver, started moving into other certificates of this or that. Fine. He's, he is a great salesperson. But he started here with a really great and grand idea. How you think about money will determine the outcome. I would add to that, if you think this is an abundant world, you'll live in an abundant world. That's how wealth thinks. That is what attracts more wealth versus victimhood, versus not enough, the pie's ever shrinking, rich get richer, poor get poorer those kinds of thoughts will actuate in fact what it is you're worried about so if you think like wealthy people do add this to your library please get a copy of rich dad poor dad by robert kiyosaki i want it in your library right next to yeah that's it the Bankyard millionaire how to create wealth where you are with what you've got by chris story my book is a parable about real estate robert kiyosaki's book is an instruction book about how to think about money you'll love them both they belong in your library For all of us here on Top of the World and the Backyard Millionaire, I'm Chris Story reminding you, you really can make a million bucks in your own backyard. Now go do it.